Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Agile Pubcast. I'm Jeff Watts and in this episode Paul Goddard and I found ourselves at one of London's oldest pubs. Really, really old pub called the Black Friar, unsurprisingly in the Black Friars area of London, just off the River Thames. And it was freezing cold. But that didn't stop us. It was too noisy to record inside, so we took our pints, zipped up our coats, and braved recording our podcast outside. This episode, Paul and I discussed a few questions that we got from some of our listeners, including how long a scrum master should stick it out, to use their phrase. Also, we looked at another question around what metrics management should be looking for and what to get leadership to focus on during an Agile transformation. Well, because it was so cold, it wasn't a particularly long episode, but we think it was a pretty good one. So hopefully you enjoy it. Grab yourself a drink and settle in. Before you do though, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, then can we just ask a really small favor? Could you do that? Whatever medium you use, whether it's Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, whatever these funky tools that you get your podcasts from, just subscribe and if you're feeling really generous give us a nice review because it helps us reach more people anyway that's enough of that on with the show play the jingle Cheers. Cheers, chap. It's absolutely freezing cold. It's, it's, it's winter. Winter. We're standing outside at the Blackfriar in London. In Blackfriars. In Blackfriars, which is, it looks, it's an old Art Nouveau pub, isn't it? Oh, it's, I mean, it's old, isn't it? It's, it's got history, this place. You can tell, we're looking across the road and it looks like it's been here since London first ever existed. Yeah, I reckon 17th century at yeah. least. Yeah. At least. Um, Lots of like oak carved panels inside, depicting sort of abbots and yeah. friars. Um, oh, this used to be a friary, didn't it? Uh, friary is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My mum's lived on it. And it's right on the right on the river, so we're getting the old. Uh, and uh, London, yes, it's, it's February, so <laughs> it's chilly, and uh, we've just come off the back of Storm Chiara. Is it? Finished now? I think. Well, I think it's it's now subsiding. It's moved on to, to mainland Europe now. But um, yeah, it's still pretty windy and still pretty cold. Well, yeah. Happy winter. Here we are. What are you drinking, mate? What you got? Oh, you bought it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Camden, Camden Pale Ale. I Camden Pale Ale. It's a good one. I, I do like a Camden Pale Ale. Local, 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 local. Yeah, I think you probably sampled it before and reviewed it before. But for the benefit of the tape. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's nice and malty, um, sort of slight citrusy hops, slightly effervescent, warmer than we are, which, which is nice, uh, and incredibly drinkable. How about yourself? Mortimer's. Bob? Mortimer's cider, uh, 5%, which is quite strong for me for a cider, for, a, for an empty stomach, for me right now. True. But I've been for a run, so I'm feeling fresh. You've been along for, run along the river? Yeah, it's freezing cold, so Good for you. did 1.5 1. miles today, trying to work back up to the level of fitness. 
Good so you. why not wash it down with, with a pint of fattening cider? Yeah. For a nice meal. Yeah. So uh, we might not. This might not be the longest podcast no, on short record, based on the te- current uh, air temperature. I'm going outside. to keep my, the use of my fingers, which I'm shoving in my pockets as we speak. Um, but we did have. We put out some. We put out a question. Do you want to see if anyone replied? Because I can't. My phone's recording the video. So this is on. Uh, you, you, you keep talking. Tell some jokes. So I can find it. It's on the podcast reply. Yes, yeah. I saw oh, okay. a couple. But uh, start with it. Start anymore. at the very beginning. What have got? We got. Uh, I did put a quick shout out on my Insta story. My Instagram account is Inspect and Adapt, which I'm experimenting with some Insta stories, and uh, put a shout out there. So if you want to follow that, but maybe you can uh, get a bit of a heads up. Another way of getting involved. Another way of getting in contact. Um, what? So Jim Buckley Barrett. Jim asked two questions. He's being greedy. <clears throat> Oh, but we should we should actually do a toast to our We've got new, a new patron, new we? patron, Johnny, Johnny Gianni. Very Italian first name, very English second name. Yeah, and, Gianni uh, Soya. Thank you, Gianni. Nice, thanks very much. Cheers to Cheers, our Jack. full point patron. Thank you. T-shirt and sign photo winging its way in the post to you very soon. We had a question from Gianni and we had two from Jim. Should we prioritise Gianni? Okay. Gianni said. Had it well. He had a good conversation about Scrum Masters on LinkedIn. Leaving a role, leaving the role. When should you leave a role and when should you stay in gritty teeth? Can any Scrum Master assignment be a lost cause? I right. think we've had a similar question before. We'll go with it. Uh, well, my initial reaction before you finished it, which is uh, always a good, good reminder to listen to the end, was that um, is it, are you hanging on when actually the team don't need you anymore? But that's more a case of you don't think you can be successful. Um, and so, is there any point in staying? It's a tough one. I probably stay, Mike, because we talked about this today, that I'm, I'm quite fiercely loyal, so sometimes I overstay. And I should have moved on earlier. Or, or um, And you do that for what reason? I don't, I, th- I, th- I don't know, just... I don't like letting people down, I think. I feel the sense, I'm a people pleaser, so I think I feel the sense of that I'm, I'll stick by people, try and help as much as I can. Yeah. And sometimes that's to my detriment. But if someone in that team said to you, I don't think this is gonna work here, I, I, I just can't stick it anymore, I'm gonna leave, you wouldn't feel that they'd let you down? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's interesting though, isn't it? It's not, not necessarily reciprocal. No. Um, I'm sort of, I'm sort of of the opinion that I think what appears to be a lost cause, given a couple of different conversations or a couple of different events, can quickly appear to be not a lost cause. So giving up too quickly is dangerous. Um, But sometimes someone quite publicly and visibly saying, I'm out because of yeah. this yeah. sends a much stronger message than let's just battle on. Yeah. Um, not necessarily because it's going to lead to uh, a mass exodus. But it has a ripple effect. It, it can have a ripple effect, but it, and it also says to, to sends the, a message. Yeah, the people that might need to do something differently, that unless something changes, they are going to hemorrhage talent. That's a brave thing to do, isn't it? It's very easy for us to stand here and say that yeah. as, a, as an individual consultant. Yeah. But it is a very brave thing to do. It's very hard if you're trapped 
<clears throat> but life is short. Life is short, and working your working career, you spend a lot of time, a lot of your life at work. And if you're in an environment that isn't supporting you, and you're not happy, yeah, isn't living the values that are important to you or that you feel are being that you've been sold, then you'd be surprised how many opportunities there are out there for people with integrity. The first, um, first ever scrum project I had, which you know all about, but the listeners maybe don't was, I was first, my first ever Scrum Master project and I was dealing with some internal BT stakeholders in BT Retail, won't say their names in case it, I'm sure they're still out there somewhere, but um, don't they listen to this man. <laughs> but they made, one guy in particular made my life very difficult and I, I have to admit, I, I threw in the towel. I, had a, I rang up Dennis and I said, Dan, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't do this role. I can't lead this team. I can't deal with this person. And I kind of just, looking back now, I, I waved a white flag pretty much and said, this is making me un unhappy. Well, and I'm sure I, I lost a little bit of um, credibility for that. I'm sure it is. With time. who? With the team and with Den. But, but it was the best, selfishly, I had to act on my own self-interest. But I think everybody has, and everybody should have, a line that you should protect. A line in the sand that, you know, unacceptable behaviour, you just, you shouldn't have to tolerate that. We had a conversation about that today in our advanced class, didn't we, about dealing with, you know, toxic individuals or people who are sabotaging or undermining what's going on. And there's an element of perhaps we could help them, perhaps we could understand them, perhaps we could coach them, um, maybe we need to escalate it. But there's, there, there comes a time where at some point, regardless of your authority, regardless of your position, as a human being, or as a member of an organisation that has codes of conduct and health and safety and workplace directives and things, that you need to call out bad behaviour. Bad behaviour. Especially in today's climate around mental well-being and and people and, and thing people keeping things in when they really should be able to talk about them. That's surely even more yes. um, important now to have those conversations. I suspect that Gianni isn't talking about toxic behaviour. He's. I, I'm. I'm. So I'm going to take the opportunity to. to um, what's the word? Branch off slightly, yeah. and say that this is, you know, an organisation that publicly is saying, yeah, 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 agile, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, when it comes down to it, isn't putting the money where the mouth is, isn't walking the talk, isn't actually supporting things, carrying on with the old ways of working with the veneer. That that kind of, what do they call it these days? Zombie, zombie agile, zombie scrum, yeah. zombie scrum, um, and. I, I work with leadership teams and, and tell them that you know, partly my job is to is to highlight to them when they're not demonstrating the behaviours that, that they know are required. But it's difficult, there are pressures behind it, but equally within the organisation that's something we all need to be become better at with permission. So this, a leadership team, for example, would engage me and say, we want to want to become this kind of organisation. We want to adopt a more enabling, yeah. servant leadership style to the way that we work. 
uh, building up and supporting cross-functional teams and so on. And we'll talk about, okay, so what's needed to make that happen? They will, they will name it, not me, they will define it. And then my contract with them is, so what do you want me to do? You, you want me to hold you as accountable to that? Or are you gonna? And we talked, again, this came up a little bit today, being interviewed as a Scrum Master as well. I think I would be a lot more aware of if I was going for a position or going to become a Scrum Master job application where it was in a company that was not going to make try and make a success. Mm. Good companies generally attract good talent. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. And we talked about this before, but would you be a Scrum Master these days that that wants a success, not an easy life, but wants a successful life? Or would you want to be that Scrum Master who's earned their, you know, as, as Gianni says here, you know, gritted it out? Do you want to be that, that war hero? I, do I, don't like think a challenge. I, do, I don't think I do these days. I, don't, I honestly don't think I do. I do like a challenge, but effectively as a consultant, we don't get asked into highly functional environments. So we are... But we, I've certainly, I'm still involved with them that I've gone through, sure, 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 through a journey. Yeah. Yeah. I still like to be involved. Yeah, and it is nice. Yeah, you get you get some time back and some clients that are really quite well mature and highly functional because of the hard yards that you and they have put in over the years. And I know that they, even though they're, they're encountering an obstacle, they've got the culture to overcome. And that's I know from just working with you, that's, those are some of your most rewarding days, right? So, but it's hard if you haven't had that level of success yet. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up, Gianni, or if, if, even if you're yourself or, yeah. or anyone else. Is that, you know, um, you've got to inevitably look after yourself. If you can't change your organisation, change your organisation. Mr. Schwaber once said. I think it was Ron Jeffries, actually. Oh, was it? Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Jeffries. Yeah, um, move on. I, I thought that I would, when I left BT, I thought I'll never be able to be a scrum master again. I thought, really? Yeah, I thought, honestly thought, that's it, that was my one shot and I've missed it. But, you know, time moves on. Yeah. Uh, any other, so what did Jim ask? Jim asked a couple of questions, we'll go in reverse order. This one's more relevant to me at the moment. What would good metrics, sorry, what would be good metrics that would be easy to generate for management? They keep asking for rag reports. Uh, bar value delivered, obviously. Okay. Bar value delivered. Yeah. So my number one metric is Jeff Dollars, <laughs> as we all know. But that's yeah. like that's what you're talking about value. Yes. He's talking about other things. The harder things to measure, though, aren't they? We talked about. We did a whole thing on this in the, the fluffy side. We did. Trying to measure the fluffy side of it. Happiness. I've forgotten that. How do you measure yeah, happiness? It's hard, but it's possible. You can take um, team um, employee morale surveys, baseline them, compare them over time. Yeah. Are we happier as teams? Are we more innovative? Are we creating more? Yeah. Are we uh, the number of ideas that the teams are generating, the number of ideas that get implemented, improvements that get, 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 get in, implemented? So uh, myself and Andrea Tomasini and Dave Snowden, as part of the organic agility. Yeah framework that we created, we created a really cool dashboard that allows people to visualise the culture and how it's changing in real time mm. against different competing values around adhocracy and clan culture things like that and, and getting that visualisation of this is where we are right now, uh, this is the, the spread of our culture, this is the shape of our culture and then in real time over 
small periods of time and long periods of time, seeing how that shape is changing and then being able to drill down to see the actual events, the stories behind that change in, in culture. Uh, and there's lots of other things within that in terms of you know, how quickly were decisions made, who made those decisions, whether those were appropriate for those people to make those to the degree of autonomy and the degree of standardisation and so on. So I think assessing the, the contextualisation, the coherence we call it, the coherence of the decision making and, and responsibility, those types of things. And they are relatively easy to do. It doesn't take a huge amount of time uh, or effort to create this, this information, but it needs to be decentralized the whole organization needs to be contributing this data in really quite low cost manner in terms of time you know um, so we have apps and dashboard and, uh, yeah, an app that people can capture their stories in real time really quickly drag Freeform text stories. No, no, well, so there's an element of narrative there, freeform right. text, but there's also um, dragging stones into different quadrants, uh, okay. and three different three different points of a triangle, and dragging and those three are all competing. Yeah. And so, how did the how, did, how was that balanced off? And they can be aggregated up, and then they can be segregated by department or product line or what have you to see where where the differences are, where the commonalities are. And if you can then lay it on top of that the sort of complexity level, the domain, and then assess the, the coherence of it. It's really quite a powerful visual tool. <laughs> it's like going to be a bit old-fashioned about this and suggest, is there still value in just putting your ear to the, you know, sitting down at a desk and just listening to people, getting a sense for, and this is the thing I've seen, even with the successful companies that I've worked with, where the emphasis is moved towards measurement-driven um, or value-driven, metric-driven success, is that when you focus on the metrics, you lose some of the basics. Just literally sitting down, asking people, how's it going? Um, what's working, what isn't working? And doing that frequently, having an open-door policy that people can come in to talk to you about their problems, or equally talk to you about their successes. Has that gone missing in some respects? So are we focusing too much on the, the metrics on it? I was trying so hard to I know it's harder in bigger organisations, but it's not impossible. No, I know, I know. I think so. I'm trying to, trying to help Jim there in that he's, he's asked a question in a limited number of characters. And so I'm going to assume that he's not precluding the more subjective, softer, conversational type temperature check. But uh, looking at data that can be quite easily visualised and, and, and seen quickly. Um, so yeah, I think it is a mixture of those kinds of things. I think it's easy, we had a conversation in Dublin on one of our most recent podcasts and my, my view about how perhaps we haven't been as scientific as we could have been considering that we are in a complex domain, we should be running experiments and we should be gathering data and trying to get past our, our expertise. Um, what our expertise tells us and, and allowing those solutions to emerge and that gathering the data without um, trying to take away that subjectivity because it's first of all if you're measuring how many people are coming and saying I've got a problem is that I always use the number of people uh, there's a correlation between the number of people on the street, the police people on the streets, and crimes. So the more yeah. police you have on the streets, the, the more crime there is. Well, it's not that, it's just more crimes reported because it's easy to report. So 
if you've got this open door policy where you can raise this stuff, then some of your metrics are actually going to look like they're going down. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, something that we need to just get that original benchmark and be able to assess. So this, I was on a product, is it more a product metrics um, workshop last week at Mind the Product, this conference I was at, but they were talking about a number of things. And one of the things was about statistics, and um, which I was never very good at at school. Or, I used to like statistics. But they were talking about what, how much data do you need to become, to, for data to become meaningful. Yeah. Statistically significant. Yes. Do you know how many data points you need? A minimum? So I was always taught, well, it depends on the population. Uh, so I presume it's a percentage. Yeah. But I was, I was always taught, um, to, well, I remember being in a statistics class and there being a thousand, but I think that's relative to the population we were talking about yeah. then. So I would say something in the region of 1% of the population. Well, they said you need five data points okay. to, to, to find, to become, to be representative of 92, 92% of the median. So you're within kind of a range that's statistically significant. Obviously, okay. the more you have, the better. Yeah, number but, of standard deviations. Yeah, so you're trying to, you only need five, a minimum of five, to have something meaningful. Okay. Now, my maths teacher used to say you can't draw a trend line with at least three data, without, yeah. with without at least three data points, and five makes it better. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we do need more more data points. But we do tend to focus on, and they talked a lot in this workshop about this, the one metric that matters, OMTM, which is largely, unfortunately, sometimes focused purely on revenue. From a, from a product point of view, that's probably fair enough. Pounds, pence, dollars, cents. But from a no. But from a transformational point of view, why do you Not say no? Because it depends on the life cycle and the, where that product is. I could, be, I could be making a loss on my product to gain market share. And it's not about revenue in that situation. Revenue is when no, the revenue is mature. But, but revenue is something different, isn't it? Is it um, revenue, and then we're talking about this, is, is typically a, a lagging um, metric. So you don't realise revenue until... Yeah. Well, depending your, on the length of your yeah, cycle. Your research cycle, whatever it might be. But trying to qualify that into something that's measurable, quantifiable metrics. It's tough. So, did we answer his question? No, I don't think so. We were just babbling. Uh, babbling. Um, I, well, yeah, I would I'd encourage you to, to look at organicagility.com, I think. I think it's .com, if not .org, but I'm pretty sure it's .com. Um, because there's some, there's some pretty cool stuff there. Um, I have no financial benefit in, <laughs> in, in plugging that. I just sort of contributed my time and effort trying to make it happen. What's Jim, the other one? Jim's other question was how to get leadership to focus on more than just teams during a transformation. What else should they be focused on, Paul? Well, it's about strategy. Direction. Environment. Environment. Giving teams the environment and support they need and trusting them to get the job done. Macro level, it's the, it's the HR policies, recruitment policy. Are we attracting the right people? Are we, are we getting rid of the, the crap people? So for me, it's again that inward-looking, behavioural self-evaluation, self-reflection. Am I walking the talk? Am I doing what I'm asking or expecting other people to be doing? Um, because if I'm not, how can I? I'm a hypocrite, and no one wants to be led by a hypocrite. And then, so if those, if those are the things that we need those people to be focusing on, the question was how do you get them to focus on it? 
Um, for me, it's about how much do you want this to be successful? <clears throat> how much do you actually want the success? And how much is it worth you personally investing in it? It's, it's the standard coaching conversation, going back to my change equation. And it's an interesting thing that how long are you prepared to, to invest in this? When you think that leadership positions typically are not that well, they're gonna they're gonna relatively short lived compared to the company. Compared Two to, years. Yeah, compared to the teams, the teams are probably gonna be lo there longer than the management, and and teams know that. Yeah. So you've got to put things in place that actually create a legacy that's gonna outlive you, and mm -hmm. you that that, you, that you, those teams can respond to, and certain and um, organize themselves around. Yeah. There is a. I'm extrapolating now from Jim, and I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm taking this on myself. I'm not putting this onto Jim. But uh, from a from a senior leadership position, there is a, a temptation to focus on short to medium term metrics that enable you to get that next CXO role. To look successful, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we had don't mind saying Al Nor, yeah, who who declared 100% agility success when vast parts of the organization had never heard of it yeah. um, and he ended up taking a role with one of our suppliers he did yeah you're right yeah um, it's moved on yeah I've I've, I've I remember I've the email successful. saying that the yeah, agile is a success and that's why I was largely benched to move on to something else we don't need agile coached anymore because we've already made it yeah so <laughs> this transparency and it's, it's quite cool you know I work with some leadership teams at the moment where um, it's quite. It's a lot easier for self-serving behaviours to be surfaced, so that the t the board as a team or the, the the senior leadership team can can call that and say, whoa, 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 that's actually taking us away from our goal, our, our vision, our commitments, our, our committed behaviours. Um, and it's harder then for those people to to be selfish. Yeah. As long as the rest of the team have got the courage to call them on it. Yeah, I'd like to think of a situation where leadership figures stay longer than two years. I might be wrong. There are some. There are some. <clears throat> but it's a. That's a symptom of another bigger thing in that you're 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 never paid for your current role. You're never paid what you're worth now. Yeah. You're paid. You need to move to get what you're due now. Is the kind of conventional wisdom. But if organisations started rewarding people for what they're currently doing, then they'd have less need to move on. And it, to link back to Jim's first question, that's probably going to drive the wrong metrics. Definitely. If you're incentive, if you believe I'm only going to be valued, recognised in my next role for having achieved efficiency gain of X or revenue gain of Y, and that's what you're going to measure, that's what you're going to demand that the teams do measure. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to wrap this up, I am cold now, <laughs> I am cold, Paul's got a hat on, I, I have not got a hat on. 40% of your body heat, Jeff, you lose you got, through your well, head. You've got a massive hat and you've got a massive bushy beard. Great big bushy beard. Whereas I haven't got a hat and I haven't got a beard. My favourite film. <laughs>
So, yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to wrap this up. Get some food. We appreciate the questions. We appreciate the interaction. There are lots of places that you can follow us now. Oh the yeah, the Agile loads. Podcast has an Instagram account. I have an Instagram account. So does Paul. We have Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're on uh, Facebook. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because <laughs> Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yes, by default. We're also doing, so keep an eye out because we're doing some live stuff coming up in the next month or so. There's we? a lot going on. We've got some live in person meetup groups. We're also doing some crossover podcasts with, with the other States. podcasts in America and other places. There may even be a studio version with, with something else, but these are all, th- we're getting some interesting requests now. So. And look out in New York. If you're going to the Scrum Gathering in New York, we'll be doing something in New York, won't we? We'll Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, Thank you very much for keeping listening after all these years. Three long years it's been since we started this journey, but we're still enjoying every episode that we record. Over that time, we have been turning down quite a few offers of sponsorship and product endorsement along the way, because we don't really think that's what you'd want us to do. It is hard work, but if you enjoy and value what we do, and you'd like to buy us a pint every now and again, you can do so. It's completely optional, but we have a Patreon account where you can donate whatever you want, whenever you want. We'll buy a pint and toast you, maybe even enhance the kit that we use to improve the quality of the recording, and maybe advertise to try and reach some more people. As I say, it's completely optional, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, we'd love it. And if you want to donate, please go to patreon.com forward slash the Agile Podcast. Thanks very much.